This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The following program is intended for mature audiences. Oh, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! Shot blew up! Welcome to This Week in Tennis. Tennis? That was Kansas. Let's play the game tonight. This is This Week in Tennis. My name is Phil Nasons, and I'm the co-host of this wonderful, amazing weekly radio program dedicated to the sport of tennis. And joining me, as always, from Scotland, please welcome Craig Doyle to the show. Craig, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well, Phil. Thanks for having me again, and I'm looking forward to hopefully previewing the upcoming Australian Open with you this week on the show. 
And you say, hopefully, because that's what we're going to do, right? I hope so. I hope so, too. And I think that we should just get cracking into it. The Australian Open begins on Monday or on Sunday evening in America or in the middle of the night on Sunday in Europe. But it's happening. And let's start with the men, Craig. First up, the top, I guess the top 16 of the draw. Is it an easy draw for Novak Djokovic? He's the number one seed. Well, when you say top 16 and you factor in the fact that he's been the top player on the tour for the last few years, I think it is. Um, Are we talking about him getting to the second week? Yes. Um, He's not won here. He didn't win here in Australia last year. Um, There's nobody really in the top 16 that I think will give him any real difficulties. Um, You've got John Isner in there. You've got Fernando Verdasco in there. Um, Roberto Bautista Agut. I I just don't see any of these guys giving an all-court player like Djokovic any difficulties. Nope, I don't either. You know, maybe Isner with his new coach, he's probably, maybe he's developed something. Who knows? But it is a pretty sweet, at least first four rounds, or it looks that way. For Novak Djokovic, I, I think he's going to wind up with either Isner or Verdasco, maybe Bautista Agut, who knows. But what we do know is this. If you're Novak Djokovic, you're very happy right about now when you see this draw. You have to be happy, Craig. Yeah, I mean, he'll be happy with more than just the uh, top 16 there. He'll, he'll look at the, the 32 players, you know, perhaps the whole half of the draw, and you know, he'll, he'll be penciling in. His name into maybe the semifinals. You know, he, he'll be very confident looking at that draw. I, I think he'll be uh, a lock on to be there um, come the semifinals. Pretty much, yeah. Unless something happens crazy in Australia, things happen crazy though. It never fails. Somebody gets hot. In this next sixteen, you've got a couple of big names. You got Milos Raonic. He's the young fella from Canada. You've got Gail Monfils, Julian. Benetau, you've got him. You got Feliciano Lopez in that side of that little sixteen. You've got Benjamin Becker. You've got Leighton Hewitt in there, and Donald Young. Uh, what do you like there? Because I, I have a potential Monfils Rayonich round of sixteen. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, it, it depends which guy Monfils turns up all week because. If he's not on his game, he might find Feliciano Lopez pretty difficult to deal with. There's a guy who has a little bit of an unconventional style. He'll be hitting serve and volley. He'll be, you know, shortening the points. Uh, you know, maybe Monfils likes that. He likes to have a, a swing at the ball from anywhere. Uh, another unconventional player. I, I think, you know, you're, you're probably right there. Uh, Rionic, Monfils. Now, I think that's, you know, a match to to excite people, you've got that young gun there with the uh, the big serve, the sort of carrying that uh, title, the pretender to the throne sort of thing. People are wondering if he's going to win a Grand Slam this year, or he's you know is he going to be kept waiting? Uh, can he step it up in the big tournaments? You know he's he's had a good start to the season as well, Rionic against uh, Federer in the final uh, a few weeks back in Brisbane. So he's going to be one to watch. Now, I think a match against Monfils, I could really light the court up. It could be a, a sleeper for one of the matches of the tournament. You know, that's what I'm thinking, too. That could be good. It depends, like you said, on which Monfils shows up. If it's the uh, sliding and falling down version 
look out. But if it's the athletic version, he could go a long way. And don't ever underestimate Leighton Hewitt. He always seems to pull out a rabbit out of his hat when he needs to, and it looks like he's got a pretty simple first-round match. Well, then again, you never know with him. It, it ought to be interesting. But uh, this next section of the draw, if you're Stan Warinka, you got to be pretty. You got to be feeling good about this draw too, because it looks like he's got a pretty straight shot to the round of sixteen. Yeah, I mean, again, he's he's turned up really fortunate with the the draw. I mean, there's nobody really in there that's going to worry him. Not his not with his style of tennis, and he tends to play well in Australia. Uh, obviously, he's a defending champion. Um, the guys he could potentially play are a little bit unpredictable, like Zafognini, Dolgopolov, um, young man called Vasek Pospisil from Canada's in there. He's a good up-and-coming player, but uh, I think Stan's going to look at that. He's going to be pretty pretty pleased with that, and he'll certainly be there in the second week unless uh, some sort of disaster befalls him. Yeah, like a Dogopolov knocks him out or a Fabio Fognini knocks him out. Otherwise, you're looking at, well, you got Sam Query in that little section of the draw, too. He could pose some problems, but it depends. It really depends. It's going to be interesting. But Stan Warinka, you got to be very happy if you're him. You know, he must like light candles at church before the draws because he gets some beautiful draws, <laughs> man. Or maybe he's got Goran Ivanisevic's former priest out there with him because this is a beautiful thing. He, this isn't the first time he's had one of these kind of draws, is it? No, it's not. And I mean, you know, it's all about the luck of the draw and stands. He's got himself in there as a fourth seed and he gets that little advantage of uh, not having to play a top, top player early in the tournament. And, uh, you know, I think it's worked out pretty well for him. Sure has. It sure has. Ask him. He'll tell you. It's worked out for him seven, eight digits worth. <laughs> it's really worked out. And he's a Grand Slam champion. Don't ever forget that. And the defending champion. So you never know, right? You never know. Now, the bottom half of the top of the draw, the last 16, David Ferrer. If you're David Ferrer, I'd say David, it's David, whatever. It depends on what country you're in, I guess. you got to be pretty happy about your draw, too. You've got the U.S. Open runner-up, Kane Shikori, down there. But... At the bottom of the draw, you're going to run into him probably in the round of 16, but you've got to be pretty happy with yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting, this 16, because the top three guys in this 16 all play a very similar style of tennis. It's a very defensive game. It's uh, chase down the ball and get it back into the court style of play. Uh, you've got Ferrer, you've got Nishikori, and you've also got Jao uh, Simon uh, hidden away in there. So. You're not going to see a lot of big hitting uh, forehands and backhands. You're not going to see a lot of winners from these guys. You're going to see a lot of what we would call industry, a, a lot of effort going in, big work rate, uh, chasing the ball down. You know, these, these could be some long matches. I mean, for Ernest Shikori, I don't think that's going to be a match for someone who uh, wants to watch two hours of tennis. Uh, those guys are going to be uh, at it for a while, I think. As will Nicholas Amala. Am El Magro, I never can say his name, and Kane Ishikori. You're going to see <laughs> that thing's going to take forever, too. You've got some long matches out there, folks. I hope you bring a lot of sunscreen if you show up to any of these um, matches because they are definitely going to be on the outside courts. Now, how many stadiums do they have with roofs now? Three? 
Yeah, I think they put a roof on the Margaret Court Arena, and it's now the number two show court. And they've also got the uh, Rod Laver and Hisense Arena or something. So that's three. Yeah, three of them. That's pretty fantastic. And that's a good thing because it gets hot down there. And, but it does kind of change the tournament, though, Craig. It, it, you can, it, it turns it into an indoor event, and, and that's not a lot of fun. No, it's not. I mean, it changes the dynamics of the, the tournament. You know, the wind factor disappears. And people will say to you, oh, but the wind factor doesn't matter on these big stadium courts anyway. But it does. You know, you've seen it at the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, the wind coming in and, uh, you know, making conditions pretty difficult. And we're not going to have that if it gets hot down there. So let's uh, cross our fingers and hope that the uh, the temperature holds steady for the fortnight. And we have a lovely outdoor tournament as we should. Oh, I guess it would be about 16 years ago, I suppose, 1987 80, or 1997, 98 maybe. I had the privilege of testing the Go Cam for USA Sports down at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. And we played, me and this other guy hit down there for about 40 minutes. And there were about 50 people in the seats, all USA Sports executives. They were just installing this Go Cam. There was something that they were going to put in that year. I believe it was 97. Anyhow, it was so windy down there. It was unbelievable. And I can only imagine, you know, ugh, no thank you. I, it was a hard experience. There's no doubt about it. But we got to keep moving. We don't need to be hearing tales of the flash in his tennis. We need to continue on. In the bottom half of the draw, this is where the nightmare is, folks. The top part of the bottom half of the draw doesn't look too bad. You've got Tomas Burdich. He's the seventh seed. He's a at the 65th spot. And then you have down here, Ernest Golbis is in that section of the draw. Leonardo Mayer's in there. Philip Cole Schreiber's in there. Jorgen Melzer's in there. Victor Trichy is in there. I guess he's come off his uh, suspension. Bernie Tomic is in that side of the draw. This is going to be an interesting little section, right? Yeah, and I think anyone who's landed in here that's not a seat's going to be fancying their chances. I mean, you look at a guy like Bernie Tomic, he uh, he tends to play really well when he's in Australia. He just seems to get that uh, bit between his teeth and he, he gets on with it, um, plays some good tennis. There's going to be a bit of focus on him. They'll probably schedule him on the big courts for the home crowds. So, you know, I, I think... When, when he's in a section like that and he, he's got guys he thinks he can potentially beat, he's not, you know, being facing the daunting task of taking on a Nadal or a Federer or a Djokovic. I, I think he'll be up for it. And I, I think, you know, there's a good chance that Bernard Tomic could be one of those guys that makes it to the second week. Um, on the other hand, you've got Thomas Berdich, who I, you know, he's one of those guys who's in the top eight, but nobody's really given him a chance of winning it. Um, and you've got Ernest Gobis. He's another guy who I, I always compare him sort of like to Monfils. He, he could turn up and he can hit people off the court. Um, players who are ranked higher than him, uh, no problem. Other days he can come along and he can be absolutely terrible. Um, and we've seen Gobis take out Berdich before uh, in the first round at Wimbledon a few years ago. So there's definitely potential for a, a surprise uh, second week uh, con contender from this section. You know, it, it could be almost anyone makes the second week. 
almost, but the match you want to watch, folks, is when Thanasi Kokinakis plays because he's Greek and he's Australian. And remember those all those times when Baghdadis played, that Greek contingent? Now they actually got a Greek, and that's going to be nuts. If you're Ernest Golbis, you better prepare to hear a lot of harassment because those folks are going to think they're at a World Cup match, and they go wild. That should be good. But I think you're right. You've got some sneakers and some sleepers in this mess. You know, uh, Victor Trici might do some damage. You know, he's got some things to prove. Thomas Burdage can do some damage. Jorgen Melser can do some damage. It could be crazy. Really crazy. Bernie Tomic, I wonder if his father's still suspended. Is that the case still? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think he's still banned from events. I don't see any reason why he would be uh, allowed back into this one. I don't see any reason why either. Maybe Tomek will win then. Young Bernie seems to play better when his father's not there. I wonder why. But uh, this should be an interesting section of the draw. Continuing on, though, this next batch is real interesting. Real interesting because you've got Rafael Nadal in this section, along with Lucas Rosal, Richard Gasquet, and Kevin Anderson. This could be good. Real good. I'm looking forward to this mess. This is going to be Heartbreak Hotel for somebody in that bunch. What do you think about this section? Well, it's quite interesting because Nadal's not starting the season off particularly well. Um, I think he's only won one match thus far, perhaps. Um, so he's coming into this with a lot of question marks over his head. Um, his little media entourage, Uncle Tony himself, etc. You know, all those guys that like to uh, talk a lot. They're trying to play down his chances of winning. He's not got the best opener against Mikhail Yuzny. I mean, this that's a seasoned pro that you don't want to be going to set down to, that's for sure. So, you know, when you're not hitting well, you, you, you kind of want to get into the groove. You want to be playing someone comfortable in the first round, not someone who's uh, a bit of a veteran and can take advantage if you're not playing great. Elsewhere in the section, you've got Nadal's mate, Lucas Rousseau. Um, Obviously, he's very familiar with Lucas after the Wimbledon debacle a few years ago. Then you've got Kevin Anderson, Richard Gasquet, a couple of good players there. Um, difficult to tell who win if they meet. Uh, neither guy started the season particularly well, but you, you know, it's a grand slam. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Once these guys get a few games under their belt, we could be looking at some potentially good matches as early as the second and third round. Um, I still fancy Nadal to make the second week. I think he's uh, only going to get better with time. But uh, I would certainly keep my eyes on this section. A couple of young Aussies in there. Um, it's going to be hot. And I think we're probably looking at a Nadal-Anderson match come the last 16. That's possible, but the match in that section that I'm looking forward to seeing is Rafael Nadal and Mikhail Yuzny. That should be very good. That's not a very friendly draw for Nadal right off the bat, especially when he's not playing well. If you ever thought Nadal was a perfect gentleman on the court, you might see him lose it a little bit out there. It's going to be hot for him, and Yuzny's not going to take any crap. He's been around a long time, and he's not going to be messing around with him. There's no doubt about that. But I look for a Nadal-Richard Gasquet round of uh, 16, Craig. I, I like Richard Gasquet. He's playing pretty good. 
and uh, I think he's going to be all right. We have to continue on here. Andy Murray's in the next section of the draw, and he's going to be down there. Ooh, look at this. Greg, Gregor Dimitrov is in there. Martin Clizan is in there. David Goffin from Belgium is in there. This could be interesting for uh, young Andy and his coach. Yeah, it could. And I, you know, the obvious round of 16 sticks out there, and I think it's the one that most people want to see is that Wimbledon rematch between Murray and Dimitrov. And I think that's what we're going to get. I mean, Murray's got a relatively tame start. He's up against a qualifier first and a, a player he beat a few weeks back in Marinko Matasovic, possibly in the second round. Um, you know, but before we get there, of course, we, we could have Mario Klizan, we could have Goffin against Dimitrov. Um, as you said, anything can happen. You've got Michael Russell in there. Um, you know, even you look at someone like Dustin Brown's capable of getting off to a good start. But, uh, you know, I, I really favor Murray against Dimitrov. And I think, um, you know, that'll be a big, big match um, in the last 16 if it should happen. I'll tell you who my dark horse in this section is, is Marcos Bagdadis. He loves to play in Australia. He was an Australian runner-up, if you remember. He's had a decent career. You never know with him, though. I don't think he cares that much. He's having too much fun. You know, he's making a lot of money, too. But uh, I would like to see a Dimitrov Murray round of 16. And I would be interested to hear who you will be betting on when when and if that happens. Um, going by the start of the season and the end to the last season, I think I'd bet on Murray. Um, the reason for it is... I watched Gregor Dimitrov play against Roger Federer in Brisbane, and Federer completely wiped the floor with the kid. Um, a lot of people are talking about Gregor Dimitrov as winning a Grand Slam this year. Um, they've been talking about it for a few years. I just don't see it in this kid. Not while you still have these top players around. I mean, the, the guy Shoney can compete. He's shown he can beat Murray at Wimbledon. He beat him three sets to love. But there's something different about Murray. I, I watched him against, um, I think it was Marinko Matasovic a few weeks ago in the Hopman Cup. And he's just hitting a lot, lot better than he was last year. It's almost as if um, firing this coaching staff, doing things his own way, he's just got a little bit of that belief back. He was hitting through the backhand again getting a little bit more power on it than he was last year, as opposed to just dropping it back in the court. He looked ready. He looked like he was uh, ready to go this season. And, and I'd really be surprised if uh, Murray doesn't make it to the quarterfinals at the very least. How long does Moresmo make it? Um, I think given that um, he fired... Or well, he let go Jez Green and um, Danny Valverde, who is now coaching Thomas Burdich. I think Moresmo is going to last longer. I, I think there was a, a friction there between Green, um, Valverde on one side and Moresmo on Moresmo on the other side. And I think, um, despite the, the the long term association Murray had with the other two, he he's gone with Moresmo. He obviously sees something there. I think she'll make it to the end of the season. I do, too. She turned out to be pretty good so far. I'm sure that makes you very happy. But anyway, we got to continue on. Tommy Robredo's down there at the bottom, and so is the incomparable 
Roger Federer. I think Federer's got a straight shot right to the right to the semifinals here. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anyone in this section that's going to give Roger Federer too much trouble. You've got um, Tommy Robredo. He's 35, 36 years old, I think. Um, he's probably more suited to best of three sets and best of five. You've got um, Ivo Karlovic, big server. He can cause some difficulties on his day. Huge serve, six foot ten. Um, he's another veteran of the game. You know, he's no young guy. Um, you've also got um, Australian hopeful Nick Kyrgios. Um, potential second round match between Kyrgios and Karlovic. Uh, that could really show us what Nick Kyrgios is made of. That, that's going to be a big match for me. Something I'm looking forward to seeing. But yeah, Roger's definitely going to be last 16. Um, definitely quarterfinal for me. So anyone who's looking to, to see Roger Federer in action, you can come back second week. It's being challenged by either Gregor Dimitrov or Andy Murray in the quarterfinals. Yeah, Kushkush is in there too, so he might give them a little trouble. Yeah, Kyrgios is probably another one of those kids who uh, he's got a Greek heritage, so you're going to see a lot of Greeks out there supporting him as well, the Australian kid from Greece. Yeah, I don't see anybody stopping Roger Federer all the way to the at least to the quarters. Then he's got, well, he has Rafael Nadal probably looming large over there. He's got Andy Murray over there too, right? Well, he's got Andy Murray in the quarters, and then he'll have uh, Rafael Nadal in the semi. That's going to be crazy. This is going to be good tennis, man. Yeah, definitely in this half of the draw. I mean, you know, anything can happen. If, if, a, if a match goes five sets, it's, it's going to have an impact on the next round. Uh, yeah, you, it, it's very difficult to pick who's going to get to the final from this half of the draw. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, but we can talk about that more next week. Uh, you know, it's time to do. It's time to uh, take a break. And when we get back, we're going to take a look at the women's side of things. And we'll be right back. You're listening to This Week in Tennis. The South Akron Youth Mentorship is exactly what the name implies. These folks mentor the youth of Akron, Ohio. If you would like to volunteer or perhaps help with a charitable donation, please visit saymentor.org and find out how you can help out today. That's saymentor.org. Maximum Sports Channels is more than just a radio station. Phil's Fantasy Sports Blog, The Writer's Garrett, Up to the Minute News Feeds, Great Sports and Entertainment Commentary, Maximum Sports TV, including professional powerboat racing, and of course, the hottest music on the planet. Maximum Sports Channels, we're more than just a radio station. Sweden, and you're listening to This Week in Tennis with our friend Mr. Phil Nessens. Welcome back to This Week in Tennis. That was fun. My buddy Boosie. From Rock Falcon. They can't say my name right, Craig, but that's how they say it in Sweden. Nessens. And it's all good because they're in the Rockabilly Hall of Fame and they're my buddies from Rock Falcon. Thanks, guys. 
We're back here, and it's time to talk about the women's side of things here at these 2015 Australian Open. Craig Doyle from Craig Doyle Photography is on the line with me, and hopefully we'll get some decent internet and get this party started. Serena Williams is the number one seed. Does she have even an issue here? Is this a done deal in this first 16 players? Uh, yes, done deal. Um, who can she play? She can play Elena Jankovic, I guess. Um, but, well, there's one player I do like in the look off, and it's a young lady from Spain called Garbine Muguruzu. Uh, she made some waves last year at the French Open, eventually losing in three sets to Maria Sharapova. Um, she's a big hitting young lady. She likes to really get behind the ball. Um, she'll be looking to perhaps put herself into that, um, fourth round, uh, match with Serena, but, uh, I don't think she's got the level of quality required to, to beat Serena yet, but, uh, she's, she's definitely one for the future. Yeah. More than likely. I think Serena is going to win this tournament. Maybe Peter Boda will get his big match and he'll have Serena playing against Maria Sharapova in the final. Wouldn't that be interesting? I think he'd be interested, but it doesn't change my opinion of either of those two players. But, yeah, this is a done deal. It usually is. You know, if you're going to get Serena, you're going to get her in the first round. And I, I'm Belgian, but I don't think Allison's going to do her. And I don't think anybody else in that bunch can either. Vera Zvonareva might get in there in the second round and maybe take a game or two off her. <laughs> But no, this is a pretty much a done deal. You know, when you look at this top half of the draw, though, you don't see a whole lot. But one thing you do see, and I believe it's in this section of the draw, and it is, there's going to be a first-round match that's going to be extremely interesting between two unseated players who pretty much think that they're the best things out there. And that's Sloane Stevens and Victoria Azarenka. They're squaring off in round one, Craig, in this section of the draw. This is going to be better than anything else going on in this whole 16. Yes, definitely. But there is one uh, little contrast between the two players who both think they're the best thing out there. Uh, one of those two players has won Grand Slams. One of them hasn't. Um, and Victoria Azarenka is a former champion here. Um, she's rather controversial sometimes. Um, she's certainly a good player. And I, I think the other six, uh, 15, sorry, players in this section will be a little bit dismayed to see her name in there because if she can find her form, which she has not yet this season, she'll cause issues. Um, but this is a huge 16 in terms of the draw. You've got the winner of that match between Stevens and Azarenka playing the winner of the match between young Taylor Townsend and Caroline Wozniacki. Um, you know, you've got a potentially huge second round match maybe between uh, Wozniacki and Azarenka. That would be big. Or um, even Wozniacki and Stevens, that would be a big match. And that's not even considering the, the top section of this draw where you've got Dominika Sibokova, who's... Uh, Oh, always an interesting character. She she likes to hit the ball hard, and if it's going in the court, she's going to be difficult to stop. You've got Elise Cornette, who's uh, gotten off to a fairly decent start this season as well. She's been playing some good tennis over in the Hopman Cup before coming here. And then you've got a sleeper in there in the form of Heather Watson, 
who won in Hobart last week. She's got that kind of irritating game where she runs every ball down and she uh, she makes you play an extra shot. It's it's a big section and um, it'll be really really interesting to see who comes out of this one to play Serena in the quarterfinals. I, I've got a feeling it might be Wozniacki. She's got that fitness and she's been on a bit of a tear recently, but she's had an injury worry. But uh, I'm going to go for Wozniacki uh, to face Serena at the quarterfinal stage. And I'm going to pull off the upset and I'm going to go with Victoria Azarenka. I think she's going to turn it on because she's better than anyone else in that section of the draw when she's well, when she's playing well. Heather Watson should be interesting to see. Maybe she can win a match or two for the U.K. Who knows? But uh, that's a crazy section of the draw. And it gets a little slower. Petra Kitova is down there in the third section of the top half. You've got Madison Keys in there. You've got Casey Delacqua, Samantha Stozer, and you've got Andrea Petkovic, Monica Nicolescu from Romania, she's in there. Um, Irina Falcone, she's in there. This is Madison Keys, I guess I said her already. This is another interesting section of the draw. The women's side of things early on is going to be a lot more entertaining and riveting than the men's, I think. It is, and I always feel with the women's game, it's a little bit closer between the top players and you know maybe the top 32 players than it is between the men, where with the men you expect the top five or six men to, uh, to really dominate and then reach the quarterfinals. With the women, sometimes you know it's best of three sets, some someone comes out, they uh, they hit a few big shots, or um, someone someone comes out and they just don't land the ball in the court, and suddenly they find themselves a set behind and in some serious trouble. And then you look at this section, you've got some wonderful players there. So, some players like Madison Keys, who's unranked, she she could do a little bit of damage in there. Um, you've you've got Sam Stozer, she tends to struggle at the Australian Open, but uh, you know. Strange things can happen. You've got former Grand Slam winners like Francesca Schiavone's in there. Um, young Madison Brengel was a finalist in Hobart last week. She's up against Andrea Pekovic first. This, this is going to be good. Now, I'm really looking forward, hopefully, to uh, a Kvitova-Petkovic match in the last 16. And I, I think Andrea Pekovic, uh, if she can stay injury-free this year, I, I think she's got a good chance of maybe making a semi-final or two at the Grand Slams. And that's what I'd like to see. Pekovic is my dark horse to win this whole thing. She could play, and she if she plays it to her capabilities, I don't see too many people stopping her. But eh, you never know here. This is Australia. This is a tough one. But Madison Bringle, I'm glad you brought her up. She plays awfully well, and she's playing awfully well. How well can she play in a Grand Slam? That'll be the test. I don't give her much hope in a Grand Slam just yet, and I think it's going to be a Kitova versus Pekovic, round of 16. Now, the bottom section of the top half, you got Flavia Panetta, who's still hanging around, and Venus Williams is in there. Varvara Lepchenko is in there. You've got Aggie Radwanska in there. You've got who else is in there that can cause some heartache for someone? And that's enough right there. This is going to be an interesting section. I'm telling you, the women's early matches are going to be far more Tennis theater than the men. There's no question about it in my mind. Absolutely. I mean, anyone looking at it will look at Radwanska and say, yep, she's she's the one. You know, she's been 
very, very close uh, on several occasions to, to winning a Grand Slam. She's definitely going to be last 16 quarterfinals. But, you know, I, I, I look at Venus Williams and, you know, she can turn it on. Uh, you know, not, not in the greatest shape health-wise, but uh, she can definitely turn it on. She's still got it. Um, and, I, and, I, and I love Varvara Lepchenko. She's a great, she's a fantastic story. Uh, her route into tennis and her success, her rise up the ladder. What a great story. She's a player full of heart. She'll, she'll go pretty pretty far. I, I think she'll at least get a match against Radwanska in the third round, minimum. Um, and then there's one other player in there that interests me, and that's little Lauren Davis of the USA. Um, she is a player that's slowly coming into prominence. Um, she's in a, a good little section. She uh, gets through her first match. She'll get a big match against uh, Venus Williams. Now, I, I'd like to see how Lauren does playing against uh, a legend like Venus. That should be interesting. If Venus gets past that first match, that's going to be tough. I've, I'm going with Aggie Radwanska and her new coach, Martina Navratilova, on this one. I think she's going to make it to the round of 16, and I think she's going to play. Let's see. who. I guess Flavia Panetta. I think I'm going to stick with Flavia. I didn't pick a, a winner here because it was pretty tough. But now that I'm pressed to, to do it, I will go with Panetta and Radwanska in that 16. Now the bottom half of the draw. This is going to be interesting, too, I, I think. You have Anna Ivanovic at the top, and then you also have names like Allison Risky. She's there. Roberta Vinci is in this section. Ekaterina Makarova is in this section, Craig. This is going to be probably not as competitive as the others, but it still has some interesting matches, I think. I think. Yeah, obviously it's big names and uh but you've got Anna Ivanovic she's a headliner wherever she goes no matter where she's ranked um you've got Ekaterina Makarova who's a a young Russian lady who you know she's coming under the radar because she's not Maria Sharapova she doesn't have that big brand name the big following but she's in there as the 10th seed she can play some good tennis um, you've got Karolina Pliskova, who's a, a young lady from the Czech Republic who is making waves. She's making her way up the rankings uh, quite nicely. And then you've got uh, an even younger woman from Switzerland in Belinda Bensik, who, you know, she's a, a former Roland Garros Juniors champion, former Wimbledon Juniors champion. She's a fantastic striker off the ball. She can really cause an upset. Um, actually, I, I, I'm going to go for a surprise here, and I, I'm going to go for Ekaterina Makarova to come out of this section. She And I think she'll play Belinda Bensik in the last 16. I'm going to go with uh, Makarova, and I'm going to go with uh, Anna Ivanis- Ivanovic. I cannot speak today. Um, I think that's going to be it. And then Anna will disappear because it's modeling time. It's also summertime down there, so she'll be doing a lot of photo shoots. So that I like, but I like Makarova. I, I think she's going to move on to the quarters here. We have to move on, and this is another interesting section of the draw. Sarah Irani's in there. You have uh, Yanina Wickmeyer is in there. 
You have Anastasia Pavlichenkova in there. And then you also have uh, Simona Halep is also in this section of the draw. And Sabine Lisicki is also in this section of the draw. You've got several girls who can hit the ball. Yeah, it's another interesting section of the draw. Um, we have a few uh, non-seeded players who, who who could cause a few problems. Um, Sylvia Solar Espinosa, um, even Bethany Maddox Sands is in there. There's a blast from the past, and uh, young Christina Mladenovic uh, from France, another player who's not seeded who could uh, prove to be a tricky proposition in the early rounds. Um, I for the for the round of sixteen, I, I like Sarah Rani. She's uh, able to play on most surfaces. Uh, her, her game translates quite nicely. She she puts the effort in, runs the ball down well. I don't see anyone in her section stopping her. Um, on the other side, I think we could have a a good little match between Sabine Lezicki and Simona Halep. Halep's really really shot up the rankings the last year. She's maximized her game, and she's been so close to getting there. Um, and bringing a big title home. I, I think she might even perform this year and do that. Um, Sabine Lezicki, she's one of those. She either turns up or she doesn't. Um, I, I'm going to go Simona Halep to make the uh, quarterfinals. Um, I, I think she's just too good for the rest of the girls. Big hitter, too strong. And uh, yeah, I like Simona Halep here. Yeah, I like Halep too. She got rid of her coach, and she'll probably do pretty well. Um, I like her against Sarah Rani. I, I don't like anyone else in this side of the draw as well as I like those two, although Sabine Lisicki is going to make a very interesting competitor for uh, Christina Milandovic, and it should be interesting. We have to move on, and we have another young lady who fired her coach, or they parted ways depending on, on how you look at it, Eugenie Bouchard is in this section of the draw. She's seated number seven. Svetlana Kunitsova is still there. Carla Suarez Navarro is still there or in there. Angeliki Kerber is in there. And uh, it should be an interesting section here. I don't know who to even take. Well, I'm going to back Eugenie Bouchard because I saw her playing Serena in the Hoffman Cup the other week and she looked really impressive, like she's in good form. Um, she's got to keep her mind on the tennis and off um, other things. I mean, really pretty young lady. I'm sure she's got those uh, modeling contracts queued up on her uh, desk. But uh, it's time to do some business on the tennis court. And, and I think she's going to do the business here. Um, just in this section, uh, I quite like Caroline Garcia. She's not seated. Young woman from France. She's got a lot of potential. I think she's going to be a big mover this year up the uh, WTA rankings. She's up against Svetlana Kuznetsova in the first round. There's possibly a shock there. Um, I used to like Angelique Kerber. I used to think she had the potential to, to, to perhaps uh, steal in there on a Grand Slam. I think the, the ship sailed on that one. Um, she seems to be regressing a little bit. She, she's struggling with her form. Can't see anything from her, so I'm, I'm going to go with Eugenie. Uh, to make the last 16, um, Eugenie, to make the quarterfinals. Yeah, that seems about right. I think you're right. Christina McHale is someone you can watch too, I suppose. But Angelique Kerber, yeah, I've never been high on her. So yeah, she might make it to the round of uh, 
16, but she's going to have a tough time with uh, Eugenie Bouchard. So is anyone in that section of the draw. Now, the final section, the last section, is interesting, too, because you've got Lucy Safarova. She's the 16th seed in there. Maria Sharapova is the number two seed. She's at the bottom. You've got Kirstia down there with Sharapova. You've got uh, Urzula Radwanska is involved in that section of the draw. Monica Puig is in there, too. It should be interesting. Yeah, it's another section of the draw where you've got a couple of young players who who, who are quite interesting, but they're not seeded. Um, Monica Puig, as you just mentioned, the uh, Puerto Rican, she's one to watch. She's uh, you know an up-and-coming um, potential superstar of the game. She hits the ball really well, and you know this year we're going to learn a lot more about that young lady. Um, but I, I looked down there, Serrano Sestere, she has little spells where she looks really tidy around the court, but uh, I, I just can't see anyone but Sharapova reaching the, the quarterfinals. There's, there's not really anyone who who sticks out as as being someone who's going to stop her. And I, I know that Sharapova sometimes starts off matches a little bit slow. Sometimes, you know, she'll find herself a couple of breaks down, but she just seems to find that momentum and uh, it carries her through. And I, I, I'd be surprised, to be honest, if she didn't reach the semifinals here. I, I think um, she's been pretty quiet in the lead-up coming in, into this one. There's not been a huge amount of focus on her apart from Peter Bodo. And I, and I think um, she, she's going to be very, very close uh, come the end of the tournament. Yeah, I like Sharapova in this one, too. I, I like her a lot. I think she's going to just walk right through these ladies. And then she's going to run into Eugenie Bouchard. And I think Bouchard, this is where she's going to step out on the big stage. And I think Bouchard's going to pull off an upset. But we'll talk about all that next week, Craig, because we'll be back on This Week in Tennis next week to talk about these quarterfinal and fourth-round matches that we've tried to predict for you. Great stuff today, Craig. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for having me again. Oh, it's my pleasure. That was Craig Doyle. And you can find him over at craigdoylephotography.com. I want to apologize for the internet. It was driving us crazy throughout this entire taping. But we got through it. And we want to also remind you that you can catch this show every single day on Max Sports Channels. You can also catch us at the 405 Media, the talk alternative. And if you want to bring This Week in Tennis to your radio station, you can contact me. My email is... Phil at philnasonsshow.com. He's Craig Doyle. I'm Phil Nasons. Enjoy the Australian Open.